Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Burst Coronacast. This is episode 7. And on this episode, I will be interviewing my aunt, Ashley Rosebrook. She usually lives in Bronxville, New York. But because of quarantine, they are now living in Kent, Connecticut. So, I'm your host, Burke Greenfield, and this is Burke's Coronacast, episode 7. everyone and welcome back to Burke's Coronacast. On this episode, I will be interviewing my uh, my aunt Ashley Rosebrook, Chief Creative Officer of Elf Cosmetics. Hi Aunt Ash. Hi Burke. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Uh, a little rainy here in Bronxville, but you know, it's fine. So I'm gonna ask you um like 12 questions, and the last two will be the same. Okay. So, um, I'm just going to get right down to business. Number one, what is different in in Kent that you wouldn't normally do in Bronxville? Do you mean during coronavirus, or do yeah. you mean... Like, ever since um, you went to Kent, ever since you got to Kent, like, what would, what is something that you wouldn't normally do in Bronxville, now that you're in Kent? Well... Um, so there's a lot more outdoor space in Kent where there aren't as many people in, in Connecticut in general. So there's a little more freedom during the week, weekdays to, um, to be able to be outside. And we have a yard, uh, you know, a big yard here where we don't in Bronxville. So that's the main difference. We have a deck, um, and more freedom to be outside. Um, yeah. where in Bronxville, you have to be a little more careful about people. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I really have, I have, like, two spots, maybe three spots where I can go outside and be, like, safe at a distance. Yeah. Um, which is, like, the backyard, the front yard, and down by the driveway in that tiny patch of grass. Um, but... The other thing, the other thing is, you know, because this is a very, very small town, the post office only has like two people. The grocery store only has like five people, you know, so um, yeah. so it's easier to, to run an errand and not interact with people. I mean, yeah, here in Bronxville, like still, there aren't many people shopping at once. And like at Costco, they're only letting 20 people in at a time. And keep in mind, that's like a ginormous store. Oh, Wow. That's, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, my dad once waited like two hours to get in. Really? Yeah. And then, so for the second question, what do you like think of working from home? I mean, actually, it's been really interesting, Burke. I feel like we found a lot of efficiencies that we didn't really know we had um, or that we could have, I should say. Um you know, it's easier to get everybody together on video uh, over Zoom than sometimes it even was to manage schedules and get everybody in the same room. Um, and, you know, working with external partners, it's also easier because we don't have to fly around everywhere. I mean, I used to have to fly to L.A. a lot, like your dad um, and or, or San Francisco, and I'm not flying anywhere now. So yeah, and like, there are actually some good things. Yeah, and, and another thing is, like you said, my dad travels a lot and usually goes to the office. 
Um, and still, um, still we even though he does all that stuff. Um, but some people don't eat dinner together when you're not in COVID. That's right. I mean, that's so now, definitely like, been one of the biggest changes for our family too. Is you know the girls would always eat dinner alone. Uh, before we got home from work and then Stefan and I your uncle Steph and I would have dinner by ourselves or with the girls hovering around us trying to eat our dinner Um, and now we eat dinner together yeah it's it's like a lot of people don't usually get to eat dinner together so it's really nice yeah there are definitely a lot of advantages for the family because we're not commuting uh, as like I used to spend three hours a day total commuting into the city because I work over in Chelsea market. So now I have that those three hours to do something else, whether it's eat dinner with my family or work, you know, get more work done. Um, or maybe I could actually exercise, go on a walk or something. Um, so it's a, it's a healthier balance in that sense. I mean, I, I don't know that much about it because, you know, I'm, I'm 10, but I mean, it, it must be nice to be home a lot and be with your children more. It really is. I mean, that's been the definite biggest advantage of, you know, a lot of people say there are silver linings to every difficult or bad situation. And that is the silver lining is I get to be with my daughters and with my husband more uh, just it be with all family members I mean I if when we're back in Bronxville I'll get to see you more um so it's it's just I really appreciate that part um so yeah and I know I know your dad does too yeah um and then to so the next question is kind of related to num- to that last one how 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 have your work changed work hours changed if they have at all like here like in like in school we used we used to have school like throughout the day as it granted but now we have like four assignments that take us like four hours if we try um yeah i know i know what you're saying because i watched the patterns of the girls at, at you know homeschooling here um i would say that the hours are pretty similar when I think about what my commute was um, because I'm actually working. I mean, I, I would work during my commute as well, just to kind of keep it all together. Uh, but I feel like I'm using some of those hours for working um, and um, I'm, I'm using some of those part of it to have dinner with my family. So I feel like it really kind of balances out to be in my case, the same, Um, what I would say the big difference is, is I'm always on Zoom calls. uh, Yeah, a lot of people like Zoom has been overloading ever since COVID because like everyone is on Zoom calls. And now people people now have to like make make the Zoom calls private because people are just Zooming every time and they might put in the wrong code or something. Yeah. It's true. We we had to actually have a training at work on um, Zoom security, you know, just to make sure nobody Zoom bombed us um, to, you know, to make sure they didn't they didn't know our secrets at Elf Cosmetics is pretty important to keep everything secure. Yeah. 
when you work for a company. Yeah. Uh, luckily in school, you don't have to do that. But on to the next question. Um, this one also connects. I'm trying to connect the questions as we go. Um, how are how how um how are Dolan and Struan doing quarantining and not seeing other people like friends or family or people like that? Well, I think that you know we're very lucky because Dolan and Struan get along very very well. Oh, Dolan <laughs> wants to say hi. Hello. So they get along really well. They're kind of like BFF girlfriends. So, you know, they, that's super lucky during a time like this. Um, and they have a lot of fun alone together. They do miss their friends. They mostly miss you guys. Oh, thank frankly. you. Um, <laughs> they miss their friends. They really miss you and, and your brother and your, your mom and dad. Um, and they, you know, they do miss our house a lot. We, we went back to Bronxville once and they were overjoyed with excitement. I, didn't realize how ex- how attached they were to that yeah, house. Yeah, Dawn um, uh, recently told me that once they got there, she just like smelled everything, like went around sniffing everything. Yeah, you know, she was. They were smelling everything, and they were, you know, Dolan was almost tearing up. She was so excited to be back. But you know, we're keeping them excited with a lot of different things. I mean, when they're when they're here in Kent, they have different activities to do, and you know, they got. They got uh, fishing waders, as you know, which uh, they w- certainly wouldn't do anything like that in Bronxville. So they, you know, can go wading in the stream. And they also, the most exciting new addition is they're getting a rescue cat. Yay! So so that's a big deal that I don't know if it would have, I don't know if the, we were working toward this, but I think COVID definitely expedited getting a cat yeah i mean a lot of people have been going to the shelter and like getting a bunch of dogs and cats because well when you're in quarantine sometimes you just need a friend or something exactly burke exactly and and you know they they're they need it and we realized that this you know this this time just made uh made your uncle steph and me do it quicker than we would have um, so we, we actually, um, uh, pick up the cat tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. So we're pretty excited. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty excited to see him. I can't wait to see him actually. So that'll be a lot of fun to have my dog, um, talking with like, um, my dog, like with your dog, uh, your cat, sorry. It's going to be funny when they meet. I have confidence that they're going to get along. Yeah. They may not, you know, they may be a little freaked out at first, but I think they're going to get along really That's going to well. be our goal. Let's go. Definitely. Um, and then here's um, another question. What, are, what do you think are some positives coming out of Corona? Well, we've, you know, we've, we've gone over some of them. Like family time is definitely Dinner one. table time. Um, <laughs> Dinner, family time, being together, in general, people really having to slow down or having to stop and take stock of what really, really matters in this world and in their lives, um, you know, which always happens during a crisis. People, um, it's a a crisis is um, 
a sifting as well as, you know, a time to manage a very difficult situation. So there are always great things that come out of it. So to summarize what it's been for us, family time, taking stock of what matters in your life and really putting your priorities in order. Um, and, you know, generally putting things in perspective as well of what matters and, and what doesn't matter in life. So I think it's going to shift a lot of things culturally. Um, you know, are there, is there such a huge need for business travel still? Um, we're always going to have it, but do we need as much of it as we had? Um, so a lot of things I think will have lasting effects. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest, I think the best um, thing coming out of Corona is all the family time that people are having, you know? Yeah. Um, because yeah. just, like, people sometimes just take family time for granted, and then all of a sudden, and they don't think about other people and how they might not even eat dinner together, so. That's very true. And, you know, another thing is we... I think we spend money differently. You know, we, um, we are not spending money just, just, just not, not even intentionally Burke, but it's just kind of happened. We pretty much spend money on food and, you know, on things to fix up the house because we're around here more, but I feel like we're spending less money on things and eating out, certainly eating out. Um, So it's changed a lot of patterns. And another good thing I would tell you that your uncle Stefan is very, very excited about is, you know, because of this change, he's been able to fish to do his fly fishing a lot more. And this is the height of fly fishing season right now. And that's something that it's not just about catching fish. It's something that keeps him really calm. It's like a ritual so that he's gotten to do a lot more of. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have some type of therapy that you can do. Um, That's his yeah, therapy. Yeah, yeah. That's his therapy. Well, I mean, honestly, my therapy is, well, therapy. Um, just like regular meditation and that kind of thing when things, you know, start surprising you. Yeah. And one of the things I like to do is I love to to work on a garden and fix up, you know, things around the house. And so that is that is actually therapy for me in a way. Um, so, you know, I get a lot of satisfaction, personal satisfaction about seeing kind of a before and an after. And I love growing plants and, you know, planting things. And I know you guys have, you know, your mom has had a lot of that. Yeah. And you've had the garden. Our garden, our garden is looking really good. Um, And it's really surprising because this is the first year I've ever done it with pots. But that's kind of out of, you know, this, these questions. Um, And then um, what are some of your favorite quarantine activities? Favorite quarantine activities? Well, we've definitely watched a lot of movies. So the girls have really been into watching movies. Um, I would say, again, the gardening. I would say that um, I love reading and I just finished a book. And, you know, it's nice to have more time to do that at night. Um, um, 
actually I'd say that's kind of similar. We love playing games. I'm going to have to list having dinner with my family because there's a lot of funny conversation and (laughs) interesting things that goes on, uh, you you know, getting to have dinner with my two daughters. Yeah. And, you know, so that those are really kind of favorite activities. I love that, um, that I just get to, even if I'm working in my quote unquote office, which is a spare bedroom, um, if I am in between meetings, I can come down and I can give one of my daughters or both, I always do both of them, a, a kiss as I'm going to the kitchen to just grab a quick drink before I go back upstairs and go to another meeting. You know, when would I ever get to do yeah. that in my office? So that's, that's up there with my favorite activity is just between a meeting, I can come down and give my daughters a, a hug, take a look at what they're doing on their computer screen for school, give them a kiss, grab a bite to eat, and run back upstairs. <laughs> the routine of a parent in quarantine. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, so, um, how has quarantine changed your lives besides, you know, the fact that you're, like, Zooming 24-7? Well, do you want to hear some things? you want to hear both good and bad for this? Uh, yeah, positive and negative, like... So, I mean, I think we've listed a lot of the positives during our call, family time, set, getting things in perspective, focusing on what matters in life and what matters, you know, what Stefan and I want to build for the girls and more time just to be with them. Um, so really focusing on family. I've loved having you guys here and I hope I get to see a lot more of you. Um, and and some of the some of the bad things, you know, are some of them are funny and I need to just deal with them and suck it up like anybody because we have to deal with a lot of things, you know, like wiping down all the groceries with Clorox wipes and being scared every time a package comes and Clorox wiping it down. You see, a lot um, of people are, Clorox. you know, the fact that, that the fact that I have to clean, clean my house myself, you know, and really. Um, while I'm working so many long hours and then I have to clean myself too. Um, it seems like the cleaning never ends. Um, but you know, we don't complain. We're happier with the other things that balance it all out. Um, for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and of course not being able to see people as freely as we would like when we have seen, the few people we have seen who have been in quarantine like you or like uh, only two other friends of ours uh, we've seen uh, because they had been very, very much quarantined. We still didn't do what we usually do, which is, you know, hug each other and kiss each other on both cheeks. You know, we, we didn't do that. So you know, that's, we're still kind of keeping our distance. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to keep your distance, even though you, like, really, really just want to give someone you haven't seen for a while a hug or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, on to my next question. Um, what is it like to be outdoors so much? Well, I mean, that part is really great. I am so glad 
we feel very fortunate that we renovated part of our house before this happened. Of course, no one knew it was going to happen, but we, you know, we have a lot more outdoor space with a deck than we ever used to have. So we have a lot more usable outdoor living space, which is very fortunate. Um, we can also have fires, which I find very comforting. Um, a campfire, a campfire is also very, very much, very therapeutic. The look at looking at a fire, smell of the, the sound fire, of the fire, being around sound of a fire, being around a fire is very calming, and I just love it. Um, so we have the ability to do that here, uh, both inside and outside, and you know, having an out, outdoor space, it just it just helps a lot to be able to, you know, even go outside with the girls and um, and and play a game. Uh, on the deck um, that we normally would play inside or you know Stefan and I your uncle Stefan and I have what we call our morning meeting so while the girls are going on their zoom morning school call we're drinking our tea and our coffee we've usually started working already but because they go on their school we say okay let's go have our morning meeting and we go out on the deck where nobody can hear us and we talk about things that we need to talk about as parents, whatever it yeah. may be. Yeah, I understand so. um, about that. Um, and then uh, something that really connects to that is um, since, you know, it's like the it's coming up on summer, it's spring, um, a lot of people are outside, it's really warm. Do you ever worry about Lyme disease? Oh, yes, definitely. We always worry about it here, um, certainly more than Bronxville. In Bronxville, we don't really worry about it, um, but we have a lot of deer here. We have a house in the woods. Um, deer are always walking around on the property. Chipmunks are everywhere. Mice, but we have wasn't, a ton of chipmunks wasn't there running once around. A lynx or something. And there was a lynx, uh, the, the sort of a bobcat here. We saw once. Um, so there are a lot of animals, and those animals have the tips on them and so we that's something we've been meaning to do for a long time so we've started having our yard sprayed mostly with your mom would be very pleased mostly with very natural things that are tick repellents tick treatments to uh to to treat the ticks to reduce the population and manage the tick uh, yeah my mom loves using like thieves and stuff like that that's really clean yeah, so not all of it's natural because we had to use some stuff that would really kill the ticks, but we, we used mostly, uh, we did use a, a really nice natural treatment for it's so It's always good it. to use the natural decision because a lot of the times it can kind of damage your surrounding um, and things like yes. that. And, and we also have... It's, it's important everywhere. I couldn't agree with you more. And I know your mom really lives that philosophy and she's taught you and Charlie that philosophy. It's super important here because not that it is important everywhere, but we live in a natural state park. We have streams, not only on our property, right across from our property. So that's natural water that we wouldn't want to contaminate. And we also have a well. So we drink our water from our own well. 
So where that's one reason I've been so hesitant to do it, where I've been scared to spray the lawn with certain yeah. things, you know, but it's, we use the most natural things we could use. And it's most important to us that none of you kids get ticks, you know, so, uh, and, and the adults, but we want you to be able to run around in the yard and not be panicked that you're going to get a tick and we're not going to notice it. Yeah. Right. Although we do, we do check, right? I mean, no matter what, like, even, like, every single time, like, we get home from Kent, or honestly, every single time, we, um, we go to bed in Kent, we're always, like, checking ourselves for ticks and making sure there aren't any on us, because, as you know, like, there are some serious consequences if you don't tick in time. Yeah, you have to be careful. So, you know, we, we, as, as you know, we've been pretty vigilant about coronavirus and we've simultaneously been watching, uh, watching the ticks, you know, the girls go outside and they play in the yard, they get checked every night, whether they have a bath or not. And if they've been playing a lot in the yard, then they have to have a bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, so we're pretty, we're pretty strict about it. Yeah, I mean it's it's good to be it's good it's definitely good to be strict. Um, but you also you don't want to be too loose on them because you know things can happen. Um, so um, for my next question, it um my next question it is what is it like to be living at your vacation house for longer than a vacation? Well. That's a really good question because, you know, this place has always been a place where we come on the weekends or, you know, if we take a week off, you know, you've been here when we want to go skiing or something like that. And to so we're usually our mentality when we're here is like, oh, you know, we're, we're relaxing, right? We're having fun. We're in weekend or vacation mode and um we like it because it's kind of a get away from it all during normal times so now that we're here and we're working here and we're working really hard here and the kids are schooling and the house is dirty and i have to keep cleaning it it feels we still love it but it definitely has shifted the feeling of the house and the feeling of the whole vibe from you know, this isn't the mentality isn't vacation mode all the time. It's just it's because we're working so much here. We're living our full lives here. Um, so that's been really different. You know, that's been a really big change. It hasn't taken anything away from the house. It's just um, it's kind of made us think about, you know, your uncle Steph and I have always thought about like, oh, when when you kids are off in college, uh, maybe we will move here, you know, and so it's made us think about that and all kinds of things. But it's definitely made us think about spending more time here and having you and your brother here more. And so we've been making some plans to um, to expand the house uh, and do a second part of the renovation, because I keep saying to your Uncle Stefan, you know, the four of you kids are going to be twice your size pretty, pretty soon. You're growing pretty, pretty fast, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's like, 
if you, I feel like if you stay in a vacation house for longer than a vacation, I feel like it feels less and less like a vacation house for longer as you go. If you like have been there for like two weeks or more. Yeah, I guess it does, but it still, it still is really yeah, fun. Yeah, you still, you still love and, it, but it start, it starts to feel more like your regular house than a vacation. Yeah, a little bit, but I, I think I've been focusing a lot on, uh some of the things we want to do because since I'm here more with your uncle Seth, like since we're here more, it's made us think about, Hmm, what do we want to do in the second renovation phase to make this place even better? And when you're living in it and you have to work in it, you see a lot of things that you might want to change, you know? Um, and, and, you know, during the summer when you kids are not in school, could we spend more time here? So we're thinking about all kinds of creative ways to make this place more fun for the coming years of like when you guys have all your fishing equipment and your bicycles and your skis and your ski boots. You know, I just got finished moving all your skis and ski boots off of the porch and into the garage. (laughs) So, and and you guys are 10 years and under now you're going to be, you're going to become teenagers. So your uncle Stefan and I are preparing for what activities are we going to, set this house up for so we can have a lot more fun yeah you 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 always want to like have a lot of fun um but you know still gonna have you still gotta have the house functional in a way that you can use it while it's fun yeah and that's another thing we've thought about you know okay well we also need to build a space where we have more appropriate desks you know because right now your uncle stefan has a desk but Aunt Ashley is sitting at a card table, which is not very comfortable. So, you know, and I don't have a nice chair. So we thought about building kind of a, you know, a, a, um, a sort of studio, a work studio. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, that's a really good idea. But um, now for my next question. It, this is like one of the two that I always do on every single podcast. Um, if someone were to tell you a deadly virus was coming, what would you say? Well, I would definitely take them very seriously. I mean, depending upon the source, of course, but I wouldn't dismiss it um, because, you know, if you think about history, I mean, a lot of um, there have been a lot of deadly viruses, um, plagues, you know, they used to call them plagues, right? So we know this has happened throughout history. This is um, on a global scale in a way that we've never, uh, that I've never experienced in my lifetime. I mean, we've had other global viruses, but nothing that's ever reached this kind of scale. Um, and so I would take it very seriously. I wouldn't dismiss it if someone had told me that. And I, um, would have started preparing earlier if someone had told, I'm assuming you're, you're mean if someone had told me before any, anybody knew I would have started thinking about what I might need to do to prepare myself, my family, my work. Um, all of that yeah and then so like this this last one is um basically the flip of the that other one 
if if you knew the virus was coming, what would you do? And like like no one else really knew. If you were the person who told everyone that the virus was coming. You mean if I were if I were who the knew the virus was coming? Oh, and I need. I, how would I kind of notify people and get them to take me well, seriously? It's just like sort of what would you do if you knew? I would have. Um, I I if I could have had a crystal ball, and you know I could have foreseen this coming. Um. I would have tried to tell as many influential government people, um, leaders as I could to help in the effort to take this idea seriously that this could be coming. So I would definitely try to get leaders of large groups of people to understand that this was coming and get scientific proof to make people believe that it that that it was on its way and so that people could prepare you know so that people could prepare to adjust ways of interacting i mean imagine burke if we could have if we could have enforced social distancing a month earlier than we did you know or six weeks earlier than we did um that would have been even even two weeks earlier than we did that would have been a dramatic change and the amount of people who caught corona and and and, and have died from yeah. it and people are continuing to catch it and continuing to but die from it, it. it the, so, the death rates are going up and down so it's kind of you don't know what's going to happen right and we don't know you know if there will be a, a for sure a second wave and i mean a lot of people say it's not if it's just how big it will be um so you know we have to we have to listen to the scientists. Um, and, and I think people are taking it far more seriously now that they've been through it. But one thing I would say is, I think those of us who live in New York um, take it very seriously because we've experienced it closer because we have a, such a dense population. Yeah, it's like we're, we're um, basically next to the biggest epicenter in the world, right? Yeah, and we work there. You know, your dad and I go in there and, and your uncle Stefan every day. So, so it can it can get a little you know, scary is what I'm guessing, right? Yeah. And I remember um, your dad and I were still flying around. I remember going to L.A. Um, right before we were in lockdown. And I remember being on the airplane and I had a scarf and I had my wipes and I was wiping everything down and wiping the seat. I mean, people were already aware, but we didn't know truly how serious things were yet. Um, it's good that you took until... uh, early precaution. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't the only one. I mean, you know, people were most people were wiping down their seats and, you know, being super careful about what they touched on the way to the bathroom and the airplane and things like that. Um, but even in the airport, we, there wasn't social distancing yet. We weren't staying apart from each other and other people. We were just wiping things down at that point. Like, oh, get out your wipes and wipe down your seatbelt and your whole seat area and your tray table. Nobody was thinking about, oh, I'm going to stay away from, you know, six feet apart from people at that point. Nobody was doing that. Yeah. Um, it's, 
at least people started doing that after a while. But um, that's yeah. my that's my yeah. last question. So thank you a lot for answering all those questions. Sorry if that was a lot, but um, no, it was it was of course my pleasure. Thank you. Um, but yeah, thank. So uh, thank you for being the eighth episode of Burke's Corona Cast. So thank you for being such a good uh for such a good interviewer. You. You're a great journalist. Thank Burke. you. Any other questions, or was that the that end? That was of the our end time? of it. But yeah, thanks again. Bye. Thank you, Burke. Bye. And uh, there you have it, everybody. That on this episode, I interviewed my aunt, Ashley Rosebrook, chief creative officer of Elf Cosmetics. I hope you liked this episode, and we'll stick around for episode eight. If you have never heard this podcast before, don't forget to check out episode six and down. Once again, this is Burke Greenfield, your host, and you are listening to Burke's Corona cast.